Hey everyone, welcome to Ben Better, How About You? I'm your host, Katie Nara, and I've suffered from depression nearly my entire life. It sucks. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health, broken down in a relatable way, and told through personal experiences. P.S. I'm not a doctor, but each week, my guests and I will cover everything from recognizing symptoms of anxiety and depression to providing accessible tips, tools, and resources that support mental wellness. So get your weekly prescription with me. Today, I'm joined by Lilia Buckingham, an actress, producer, influencer, and now author. And for those of you who are not among Lilia's 1.7 million Instagram followers, here's the 411. Lilia began her career as a dancer before turning to acting. She's best known as one of the young stars of the Brat Network on YouTube, where she stars in such shows as Spring Breakaway, Dirt, Total Eclipse, and Chicken Girls. And she is also now producing. And if that wasn't enough, Lilia has also written a book. Hey, Lilia, how are you? I have written a book. I have written a book. It's very weird to say out loud. That's awesome. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm okay. I've been better. Um, So let's get right into it. Social media can be like quite a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious of how you stay like true to yourself without getting caught up in the likes, you know, like so many times. I know for me, like I want to post more shoes or a Christmas ornament or, you know, something that's more artistic, but we all know photos of ourselves can get kind of more attention. And so I'm curious how you balance um, posting what pleases yourself versus posting what's going to please the public. That's yeah. I mean, I think it definitely took me a while to stop caring. And I'm at a point now where I, I like, I don't even look at the number of likes something has because it's such a, like, it's such a formula and I know what's going to get likes and what's not. And so I don't really care anymore. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of just, I post what I want to post. And I just this morning posted like a picture of me, but then I swiped to show like this pot that I got this morning that has like little strawberries on it because I wanted to show people that, you know? So it's like, I I found like a, a way to, balance uh the two pretty easily and you know I don't know how to I feel like we're slowly using social media to make ourselves happy instead of like using it to kind of define our self-worth like I've noticed a lot of people are making their Instagrams a lot more casual and not as like curated which I think is amazing and like it's kind of inspired me to do the same and yeah that's I've kind of just found a way to balance the two out and not look at my likes because I know that it doesn't really, it's such a formula and it just, that's not what defines your self-worth. That's really great that you've been able to do that because I feel like I can't imagine being a teenager dealing with that and Instagram because I feel like even as a grown woman, I'm like, oh my God, I can't look at Instagram for like a few days. Like I need, I need a moment or a break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so weird because we've grown up with it. So I can't imagine life without it. Because yeah. I've had Instagram since I was like 11 or 12. So I don't really remember. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was definitely not allowed to have it. So I <laughs> made one myself. Oopsie. Uh-oh, uh, mom. <laughs> I know. I'm like, no one tell, no one tell my parents. Um, but I like, we've grown, our whole generation has grown up with it. So it's kind of like, I, I feel like two years ago, two or three years ago, it was super defining. And like you, your followers, 
were your popular like was your popularity and like especially when I was in middle school and high school like if you had a lot of followers you were super cool and if you didn't you weren't and I was like this is weird like this is I don't know why that that like it was it was a super toxic place in a super toxic environment to like use social media um like, like at, when you were at school yeah when I was at school a thousand percent and like when we were going into like this new school like my new school that I was going into huh. it, people would like look at their followers to see if like they were, they had a lot of friends or they were popular and you wanted to be their friend. And I was like, oh God, this is not good. Like, this is not a good thing for like tweens to have. Um, but I feel like it, it's not as much that anymore. Obviously it's still a little bit, but I think especially older teenagers like me are kind of learning how to step away from that and realize that that's kind of not how the world works and social media isn't like who you are. Damn, you've grown girl. Do you feel that social media has been detrimental to your mental well-being or like other kids in general? Oh gosh, totally. I mean, it's so it's so hard because people forget because it's such an integral like part of our lives that it's curated and that it's a lot of it is fake and not real. So like you see these things online and you're like, why doesn't my life look like that? Like, why isn't my life perfect just like this? And it's like, no one's going to post their bad days. No one's going to post when they don't feel like they're not at their 100%. Like you, it makes you forget that other people have bad days and that you're the only, like it makes you think that you're the only one having these bad days in this like boring life. So yeah, that, that like takes a toll on you. And also like seeing your friends hanging out and if you're not there and they're posting about it, it makes you overthink about that. And then like body image was a was definitely a tough thing that social media brought up because it's like people were using facetune and people were making sure they had the right angles so that their body looked a certain way and you're like why don't I look like that you know so it's yeah. it, I've tried to use my platform to show like an authentic like I, I never want to use photoshop or like smooth out a pimple on my face because I'm like what why not just show how you look and hopefully it will make other people like feel a little bit better about these normal things that people look like and people feel like and people deal with. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's I, it's true because it's like a catch 22 where if everyone looks that way and you're like, oh, well, I can use Facetune too to like cinch in my waist and blah, blah, blah. And then it just, I mean, that's, that's really good that you cannot do that because I would imagine it's hard. I, I mean, I just feel like that should kind of be the bare minimum for people with large platforms, you know, because obviously you need to do and you need to put like there's nothing wrong with posting when you feel like you look amazing and when you feel like you look like a bad bitch like yes do that. <laughs> like you need to do things that make yourself that make you feel good about yourself and that is totally fine but I think it's like people with big platforms especially should be promoting like body positivity and and realistic body standards and realistic face standards like I just think that that's that's really important right because if if we, you have like these young people looking up at you and, and they see something that they want to be and they can't achieve because it's not realistic, that creates a lot of, that'll like, it's just not good for their mental health. So anyway, that's, that's, that's my train of thought. Are there times you have to take a break from social media or is there like sort of a barometer or a bell that rings where it's like, okay, I need, I need to take a moment away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because I actually find myself more when I'm on like Snapchat and I'm seeing like, especially during quarantine, like I'm seeing my friends hanging out and it's like, obviously with COVID it's become like, I am super scared. Like I'm, I only see like two or three people, but like seeing your friends hanging out and you're like, dang, like, I wish I was with my friends, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable. So it's like, that makes me sad or, or like 
if someone's not answering my Snapchat, I'll like look at their snaps. I, this is so creepy. So like, I know that people are going <laughs> to identify with me when I say this, but like if, if someone doesn't answer my Snapchat, like the worst part of me will like check their snap score to see if they're, they're just like ignoring me. And then I'm like, oh my God, you're being crazy. And that's when I'm like, put your phone down, go read a book, do some normal things because this is making you spiral. So don't do that. Like that's when I find myself just like using yeah, when I'm like doing things that aren't going to make me feel good, I'm like, stop, you're crazy. Right. Stop. So, so more with Snapchat of, you know, like people are hanging out and it's like a friend thing like that. I, I, it's not necessarily with, because I feel like I've grown up with an incredible like platform. I, it, it doesn't affect me like hate or yeah. Like hate doesn't affect me as much as like, I feel like the friendship and like overthinking stuff. Okay. Like, of social media does. And do you feel like sometimes people are posting things to like get a rise out of someone? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so that's, but you can, you can recognize that and then take a step back. Yeah. I mean, I've been telling myself since I started gaining followers that like when people are hate, people are hating on you or like being mean about like how you look or this or that, like just means that they're insecure and that they have like nothing better to do with their lives. So it's more of like, when I see that, I'm like, I just feel bad for you. Like, I hope that you have a, like, I hope that you have an outlet in life that like lets you deal with problems in a way that isn't just bullying people, you know, like I, it's more that I just like feel pity for certain people. Cause I'm like, why, why do you need to like cyber bully people to make yourself feel better? So like, that's why I've just like, have been repeating that mantra in my head since I've, started gaining followers and it's been super helpful because when I see hate, I'm just like, I'm really sorry for you that like, you feel like you have to do that. Do you, do you feel, do you answer like people that are bullying you or criticizing you? I would think that would just be like sort of a non-ending cycle that doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. No, you don't because most people, like you said, like they want to rise out of you. Like, I, yeah, I, I just don't, it's like, they don't, if they're bullying, like they don't really deserve the time of day to like, fight back and like fighting back will just promote the behavior more. And so I don't know that I, that's why I don't, if someone's being mean to my friends, sometimes I will speak up. What'd you say? So I said, sometimes though, if people are like cyberbullying my friends, I'll speak up. Oh yeah. I would think that's good. I know you have a book coming out in 2021 called influence. Yes. And I was able to only read like the sneak peek on Amazon. Just said, send you a copy. I wanted a copy, but did I not get it too? Oh my God. Uh, so Jane, so your, your mom was like, you just read the, you know, blurb of that's on Amazon. So I, I read that and I mean, it looks actually really, really good. Very scandalous. Um, were any of the character storylines like pulled from your own experience? Because oh, yeah. there seem to be so many, some parallels of some of the, you know, they, they basically did a like two line blurb of each character. Yeah. And it seems like the through line from just that little bit is that you're sort of playing on the veneer that the world sees someone that looks perfect and smooth and enviable, but yet beneath the surface, you're a mess or is a mess, not you, but some of the characters are a mess. <laughs> no, I am sometimes a mess. There's nothing. Yeah, I would never believe me, me too. So, um, yeah, it's definitely the there's like four uh, protagonists, four narrators that we hear from. Um, right. And definitely each of them kind of, everybody's like, are they based off your friends? And I'm like, 
most of them actually are like taken just a little bit of me and like kind of spread out between the four of them because one of them is like a, a closeted Disney star and like doesn't want to come out or she wants to come out but like her team doesn't want her to come out because they're afraid of like the backlash and what people are going to think and if it'll mess up her image so I, I've definitely dealt not on that scale obviously but I've definitely dealt with that kind of fear before I came out like and I've, I've had people tell me like don't post about it too much because you don't want it to become your personality or you don't want it and I'm like I don't care like I, I want to make my my really? yeah like I want to make mean my like your um, like an agent or team? No, my agent, oh, my agents and my managers are the best. No, they're, they're, oh my God, Tim and Nick, if you're listening, they're the nicest, they're the best, <laughs> most supportive, like most supportive team in the world. But like, just you like hear kind of around the grapevine that like people right. stuff like that. And you're like, that really hurts my feelings. Like, why would I, anyway. And then there's another character who deals with like severe anxiety and, and OCD and body image issues, which I completely relate to and a lot of that stems from social media and kind of two years ago I was definitely dealing with the same things that uh, this character like Fiona Jacobs deals with so that's why it was super easy to write from her perspective and why it was so important to tell her story and then what the happened the, what was there something that happened two years ago that like put that I, it was more that like that was kind of I had like a big life uh, change in like two and a half years ago because I stopped going to Harvard Westlake which was my school and started working on um, like a YouTube TV show and was on a set every day so it was just like a big change and my followers jumped and it was just it was like a ah like oh my god this is like the coolest thing ever but also like my life is super different now and so I put a lot of pressure on myself to like look when I didn't like how I looked on when I was like watching the episodes that I had been filming like it, it just, I didn't find myself being super healthy, like with eating habits and all of that. And was just super in my head about how I looked and about how I was presenting myself to other people. And so Fiona Jacobs kind of deals with that as well. Um, and obviously I've worked through that now, but it was a, definitely a stressful time in my life. So, and like you were having 15 then, right? I was 15. Yeah, I was 15. And that's like I, every 15 year old kind of deals with things like, like anxiety and body image issues a lot of, like it just that just kind of comes with being a teenager but it's definitely pretty tough when you have like a bunch of eyes on you and being of like course. this is how you should look and you're like ah. I can't even imagine yeah I mean you felt when you would watch your character on the YouTube show you felt like you were becoming sort of hypercritical of yourself uh -huh. which is so I normal like I think anyone watching themselves that's it's kind of like an outer body experience it's really hard to be objective yeah oh my god absolutely and like for a long time I just didn't watch myself like yeah, yeah it definitely like puts a um little dark cloud over you sometimes because you're like dang I really don't like how I look and like that's and so the, then you just like get in your head and for me it was like I would make these I, I had these little like things that I had to do in order to let myself do something else you know so it was like just became like a little like in the book, like for Fiona example, like yeah. she, this is so not stupid, but it's like for someone who hasn't dealt with it, it doesn't really make sense, but it's like you have to knock on the door three times or else you're going to not book the audition that you're going into right now. Or you have to like, oh, I, I do all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. The top of a door, like three exactly. times, I would think my family would die. Like when I was on medicine, like yeah, kind of crazy OCD stuff. 
absolutely. And that was kind of, I was struggling with that while also struggling with like body dysmorphia. And I'd be like, well, I really want to eat these French fries right now, but I'm filming a scene tomorrow where I'm wearing a tight dress. So I'm just not going to eat. And so I'd be like, okay, no, no eating right now. Like, and it was just became so unhealthy. And what so I went back to therapy and my lovely therapist, Jenny was like, Hey, no, let's work through this. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, and I'm so much like, this is just a side note, but if therapy is the best, you should totally go to therapy. Anyone who's listening, you should try out therapy. It's not always for everyone, but it is super helpful. And there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. I don't know why there's a stigma that like you won't, you have to go to therapy. Like, yeah, you should totally go. It's the best. Yeah, no, I, I think therapy can be life-changing when you find the right therapist. And um, I've gone to therapy since I was five. So I feel like it's, it's just, you know, finding the right fit of a therapist, yeah. but then working through it. And then also, if you need medicine like that, you shouldn't be ashamed of that or to get on the right, you know, the right medication can be really life-changing. I was on uh, like anxiety meds for kind of that same time period. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not like afraid to say that, you know, and right. I, and it helped you, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with men. Like hundred percent. Totally agree. So there's, so there's Fiona. Uh, you mentioned one other character. Jazz, Fiona, Jasmine, Delilah, and Scarlett. Scarlett's stories is only told through like vlogs. So you don't really get to see as much with her. She's, she's a very uh, mysterious character. She definitely acts one way for the camera. She's kind of a, drastic interpretation of like what influence is supposed to represent like you think you know these influencers but you but you really don't um but yeah she's like this total bitch like mean girl uh star like just amazing everybody thinks she's like this perfect eight girl um behind the scenes that's just not the case and she actually actually I don't want to spoil it but yeah (laughs) behind the scenes she's she's not that at all and Delilah is like a small town girl who kind of gets thrust into the limelight and kind of has to deal with and navigate this insane, crazy world of social media and like the backstabbing and blackmail of influencers, which is actually really does happen. I was going to say, you probably have experienced that firsthand. Yes, I have in fact been blackmailed and- Wait, blackmailed? Mm-hmm. How? I mean- How it's blackmail you on social media or you can't say anything? People will like hack- um, like you're have hacked my friends, like phones, their Snapchats and like on pictures of them, like in bathing suits or like them with their friends. Like, for example, it was me kissing somebody like kissing a girl and like they, the hackers thought it was okay to like, they would get your number and then like, be like, we need this from you or we're going to leak this picture on social media. And I'm, it, yeah. Oh, and it's, that's completely that's horrifying. Like, yeah. It was in, on top, like. I was 15 dealing with that. So that was before you came out? You mean they were doing that? I, I had come out. The girl in the oh. picture had come out. So I was like, how are you really oh. going to blackmail some, with, with someone's sexuality? Like, that is so, I cannot imagine. Oh, wow. He's so angry, but yes. Anyway. That's, well, you are like doing a lot better than I would be if that was happening to me. That's like very overwhelming. What'd you say? So I got, we both got through it. All of my friends have gone through it. And that's that's crazy. What have you found most effective, like for your anxiety, like whether therapy and medicine or what you're, I mean, it's basically kind of what you said, but can you 
speak yeah. when you started going to therapy and what kind yeah. of therapy you found effective for you? Yeah. Well, when my anxiety was really bad, I, I needed to go to therapy and I needed yeah. to somebody. Now I don't, I'm like feeling a lot better. So I don't really go as much. Whenever I get anxious, I find that reading is super, super helpful. I just always have a book with me because if I can start reading, like it just immediately like calms my anxiety, which is lovely. And oh, I'm so interesting. Oh my God. It's like a lifesaver that, or that's like my go-to most of the time. But if I'm like, I normally like, we'll just take a bath and like try and just turn off all the lights and then like light a candle. And then I'm like, okay, calm. Like that's right. Um, getting on the phone with people is helpful sometimes, like, especially people that, you know, will like lift your spirits. Mm -hmm. I have like friends who are my go-tos and like, I'm just like, hello. And then they immediately just like make me feel better. So yeah, those those are a couple things. Yeah. I know that's great. Like to have the, like your go-to three or five friends that, cause like, I can't imagine not having someone that you can talk to. Cause I feel like talking about it, you make, you feel better. Cause it's sort of like releasing that stigma. Like you were saying, like going to therapy, talking or medicine or whatever can get you through those sort of dark moments. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So in, it was 2018 that you came out as bisexual. Mm -hmm. And um, was this something that you always knew growing up? I mean, this sounds so silly because I feel like you're 17, so you're still growing up. But um, is that something you always sort of knew? Or I want to say, like, did it come later in life? But that's so silly. But you're so young. I I always talk about this with my girlfriend because I'm like, I wish that I could remember the exact moment that I was like, this But I definitely growing up did not know because I was obsessed with boys. Um, I loved so many boys. I was always like kind of boy crazy. Even in seventh grade, I was boy boy crazy. But like in seventh grade, eighth grade, I I started, I was watching Pretty Little Liars and I would see like ship edits of Spencer and Aria and then two of the characters, one's a girl and one, they're both girls. I was about to say that so weirdly, but yeah, we're both <laughs> girls. Um, and I was like, I am such a good ally. I think they're so cute. Like, wow, I just, oh, I love them so much. It'd be so cute if they dated, but I'm just a great LGBTQ ally. Right. Um, that was not the case. <laughs> I, um, when I watched, um, what was the first show? Like the the 100... Um, Marvel's Runaways, those were two of the shows that had like uh, bisexual characters and okay. that were like main characters that I could really look up to and that I kind of identified with. Um, and then I had a crush on a girl in eighth grade, in ninth grade, in ninth grade. Right. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is real. I wasn't, it was definitely like, it definitely was a gradual realization. Okay. And it was a realization where you were like, this feels right to me. Yeah. And it was like when I, I started talking to the girl that I had a crush on, but I hadn't like come out to anybody. We just kind of kept it a secret. Um, I actually ended up getting outed to my school and my friends because of like some, somebody found out that like me and this girl were kind of more than friends and um, just had a whole school. And I was like, was this at Harvard Wesley? Yes. Okay. Sorry. 
Sorry to bring down Harvard Westlake. No, we love Harvard Westlake. It's okay. Like it all turned out fine. I'm actually have like made up with the person and it this was a girl or a boy. I was a boy. Oh my God. I'm surprised. I feel like girls are so mean and like do stuff like that. So it was a boy. My two, I was have a crush on you maybe. Oh my God. The boy was my ex. (laughs) Well, he has problems. But he's, he, he was, he's actually really lovely. Like it was a hard time and he had like profusely apologized. Like it all turned out fine. And we were pretty young and there was, it it was a hard time in everybody's life at that moment. And I forgive him. And he's actually grown into an amazing human being. So like, and I don't know his husband, it was just like a, it didn't, he didn't mean to go and tell the whole school, you know, he told one person and then it kind of just like spread around like wildfire. So like, I don't, it was okay. Um, I was actually at a homecoming party that I was throwing at my house uh-huh. when I realized that like everybody knew. Very movie moment. I'm like, this, is like, this sounds like a, yeah, like a teen movie. Well, how did you, wait, you're at a party and then how did you suddenly know like, oh, everyone knows this? My two best friends were like, hey, is this true? And they were the two people that I was most scared to come out to just because I, they were like my best friends and I didn't want them to think that I was interested in them because I was like, that's not how it works. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, Oh, we're in a bikini. Wow. Like that's just not, yeah. 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 Wow. You're so hot. Like, that's just not how that works at all. But I was really scared that that's what they were going to think. You're like, Um, you're not that hot. Like calm down. I know. (laughs) I was like, you guys are so hot, but like really not my type. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, but anyway, they were so nice and supportive, but yeah, I, I didn't actually get to come out to my mom either because someone told her a friend of hers. Um, one of my friends. Wow. I know. I know. It's, oh okay. it's okay. It's okay. But maybe she already knew. Maybe. I feel maybe. like moms kind of know that stuff. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely possible, but then I got to come to my dad, and he was like, "I, I was basically just like, I have a crush on this girl," and he was like, "Cool." Can yeah. Her? And I was like, "Yeah, she's really pretty," and he was like, "Okay, cool." It, I, she's probably happy. I feel like that's like a dream for a dad because oh yeah, they're like so such pigs. And he's obsessed <laughs> with my girlfriend. Like he, they are obsessed with each other. They're like best friends. It's the funniest mm-hmm. thing ever. Best friends. Um, that's but, crazy that that happened at a party. I know it was, Gosh. it was definitely an interesting time in my life, but it all ended up okay. I got to come out right. on the internet, which was nice. It, it pushed me to come out on the internet. Cause I was like, I want it to have like my own story. Like I want to tell my own story, you know, like I right. hate that I can't do that. Like I, I just, I feel like I deserve to come out to at least some people. So that's why I came out on the internet. How was the response? Amazing. Like, yeah, I had never felt that much support. Like I thought that kind of being so open so fast was going to make me super super anxious and stressed but it kind of did the opposite everybody was so supportive I actually had friends coming to me being like hey I've been questioning my sexuality like can I talk to you about this and so it was nice because I kind of like ended up being someone that people could come to for advice and it was it was just really nice knowing that like I could give that to people oh that's great that probably made you feel really good like you could talk to other and help other people Exactly. Like, that's why I'm so happy that I ended up doing it and coming out. I was like, I'm glad that I can make a difference, at least in like a couple of people's lives. 
Yes. So you didn't find then that like triggering with your anxiety at all? You, like coming out publicly? Oh, it was, I was very anxious. I was definitely, <laughs> definitely nervous. <laughs> Um, it was more just like, well, everybody that in my life that I care about knows, like, what's the point of not like, why wouldn't I just do it now? Right. Um, and it was definitely pretty anxiety provoking, but I kind of was just like, whatever, I, th I think people are going to be supportive. So then they were, and that really soothed my anxiety. I'm lucky to have such like an amazing fandom that was super supportive and kind and has always been and like always will be. That's awesome. So so many you mentioned about with snapchat and like seeing people hang out together and i know because of covid people are really suffering with anxiety and their mental health right now mm -hmm. and um you mentioned like you like to read or take a bath and what would you say to people that are like feeling anxious you know us all being kind of in lockdown or semi-lockdown depending on where you are is there something that you recommend besides like I know you mentioned like for you it's reading or a bath or like just you know i think sometimes it's good to have like whether it's making little things like to look forward to whether it's for yeah. me it's taking my dog for a walk getting coffee like just the small things that you can still do completely i mean for me when it was quarantine was like really in effect right. i had to like you said like make little things to look forward to whether it's like group facetime parties with my friends and like themed right. like powerpoint nights like that's kind of what made me excited and got me through that what and themed PowerPoint night. Like you would make a PowerPoint and you present it to your friends and like everybody has to make a PowerPoint about something. Okay, okay, okay. It's so fun. That's um awesome. yeah, no, it's so cool. And then what I like when making projects was really okay. exciting for me, whether it was like baking, like finding something that I wanted to bake or like painting, I'm a horrible artist, but like I at least thought it was fun with, or like writing yeah. a big thing too, like wanting to write something. Like I just, when I was motivated and like found something that I really wanted to do, that was super helpful during quarantine. Yeah, I feel like projects are good. Yeah, completely. Um, so I came across a quote from you um, mm -hmm. that it's the more you spread kindness, the stronger your armor becomes. <laughs> you are nice. It just gets harder to attack you. Think of it as a positive armor that strengthens you every time you put it on. You'll never regret being kind. I really, you're laughing, but I really admire that about you because my natural inclination would be like to be an ice cold bitch if someone's being like mean to me, but obviously you're taking the higher road. I am such, this is such funny, like I'm a Hufflepuff from here like the harry potter houses like i'm such a hufflepuff because i hate conflict i hate fighting with people i hate when people are mad at me like i just i just hate it like i just want peace all the time and right. i don't i'm not like a yeller i'm not it's hard for me to like be a bitch like i just that's not my go-to and i like it's i think it's that like i always feel guilty afterwards and i'm like i'm so sorry like right. i just want so yeah, I don't know. I, I just think when you're kind and when you're positive towards people and when you take like a mature route to kind of dealing with problems or settling scores or just like going about life, it makes things a lot easier because like I found when you go about things positively and, and nicely, it makes it so people want to work things out more. And that's like, that's another thing that like calms my anxiety. Like 
when I'm okay with people, when like, when I'm fighting with people, that's when my anxiety is, is at like an all time high. It's just awful. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's, I hate conflict. So I'm always <laughs> trying to find a nice way out of things. Well, that's good though, that you're actually like walk the walk and not just talk the talk, you know? Oh no. Yeah. Absolutely. So you founded the a charity organization called Positively Social. So can you tell me about that? Like, how did you decide to start it? What kind of work you're doing? Like, what's your goal and goal with it? Well, we started Positively Social in like the beginning of seven, 2017 um, okay. because we were experiencing a lot of those kind of like the peak of cyberbullying and people not knowing how to use their platforms correctly and like not just not understanding social media safety. So like Positively okay. Social kind of educates it. Basically, we created a curriculum that basically teaches you this is going to sound stupid, but like how to avoid cyberbullying, how to deal with cyberbullying, how to not cyberbully, how to create safe passwords, what to share on the internet and what not to share on the internet, like who you can, how you know you can trust someone and how you know you can't. Like it basically is just kind of like an internet safety manual. And we would go to like girls and boys, when before COVID, we'd go to like girls and boys clubs and just speak at schools and like speak at school clubs and just like tell kind of middle schoolers and high schoolers and sometimes elementary school kids, like how to deal with social media and like how to use it safely. What's part, like, are there like three steps or something that you can tell us about the curriculum? Like that is like the right way to use it to avoid social bullying? Oh, okay. I was like, well, to create a safe password. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, to avoid Avoiding social bullying, it one of the main things kind of is what we talked about, like to not engage with somebody when they're trying to pick a fight with you because that's that's what they want to get a rise out of you. And so right. it's like just slide it and delete the comment, like delete the mean comment. If they keep trying to interact, you can block them. That's and there's nothing wrong with that. Like fighting back and is always okay. Like you, you never want to obviously like let people walk all over you, but when it's somebody that you don't know on the internet and they could possibly be dangerous. Yeah. The safest route is to just ignore it, delete it, and then block the person who's being. You delete people. any negative comments. I don't really go through my comments as much anymore. So I'm like, I'm sure if I, I don't, I don't like just check, but I'm sure if I thought if I did see a hate comment, I would delete it. Okay. And then if they keep commenting, you block them. Yeah. A okay. thousand because you're like, why do you follow me if that's what you're just if you're gonna just yeah? Believe? I've never understood people that I have a girlfriend who has a pretty big following and she loves to like argue with people on social media. And I just, I'm like, I just find it it's too tiring, it's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, if that person's being like a dick, like, I why would you even want to engage? Yeah. And then give them more power and more attention. Exactly. I mean, especially someone like you that has such a big platform like that that seems like not even fair like you're gonna give someone sort of you know like their 15 minutes yeah negative attention absolutely so that's good to know mm -hmm. so you but but now you you don't ever just want to be a bitch oh I I can't say like I'm a saint all the time <laughs> I just sometimes don't want to like Yes, absolutely. Sometimes I just want to like go off and be angry because it's e like, that's an easier reaction. You know, it's, right. it's easier to feel angry than it is to like feel hurt or sad by something that someone said. So right. it, uh, yes, I definitely do <laughs> want to lash out sometimes and just be like, leave me alone. Like, it's not your place to say these things or assume these things about me. Like, take a step back and like realize right. that what you're doing isn't helpful and isn't con like contributing 
in a good way. So why right. are you like eating at all? Anyway, yes, absolutely. Sometimes I just want to like go off, but I kind of have to keep myself from not doing that. Right. So that once I start, like I won't be able to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll just keep going. Is there someone like in your life that you feel like was an example of that where just to be positive or to see the positive growing up or, or is it just I, something you just naturally kind of did? I definitely, I was never, I was always one to take the peaceful route. Okay. And just kind of be like, it's okay. It's fine. I, uh, I mean, obviously I definitely now there's some celebrities that like kind of take the same approach and are just like promote positivity, but I don't, I don't think growing up, I like ever just took it, like took it from somebody else. I think that was just like my natural instinct too. Okay. That's really cool. So you being, you know, a YouTube star and an actress in the public eye, do you ever experience moments where you feel like I have to like smile or be happy when you don't want to be? You know, yeah. I mean, kind of what we're talking about where, you know, it's like you're going through a bad time, but you feel like you have to still put on this front. And how yeah. do you deal with that? Like publicly, obviously, like right now, your people aren't out and about, but whether it's like going to an event or something where you feel like I have to show this sort of not, well, I mean, it is, it feels like it's kind of fake, you know, like when you're not feeling well and you feel like, oh, I have to happy, like be happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even with my friends, like I've kind of been known to always be like the really like optimistic, happy, like always smiling, like always, always happy, always positive, always joyful, always the peacemaker. Like, and so it's definitely hard, like keeping that front, especially if you're going through a hard time or like don't necessarily feel like that at the moment. Like it's, it's hard to, to feel that way sometimes and then have to pretend like you're, you're something you're not. But I mean, it's so funny. I can't even remember what events were like. It was so long ago. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed going to events for the sole reason that I, I'm an extrovert. Like I love seeing people. So I loved getting right. to see people. The only time it was ever awkward was like when you're fighting with some, like someone you were with was fighting with someone at the event. Like, but it was never, I never found myself being like, I'm really unhappy and I don't want to be here. And I have to pretend to be. It's more that I like sometimes just am known to like be the positive, like always smiling, always happy, like always peaceful person. And sometimes I don't necessarily feel like that. And I'm like, I don't want to not be fun and don't want to like have you guys think differently of me, but like, I feel a certain way right now. And like, I don't know how to express it. Right. But you, but do you feel then like you can be okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have found a way that like, you don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have to be happy and like me not being happy and optimistic and like joyful and peppy all the time doesn't mean that I'm going to be the total opposite of that. It just means that sometimes I can be sad or upset or angry and express how I feel. It doesn't need to be like angering and spiteful and, and mean. It can come out in like a, a mature and thoughtful and thought out way and it doesn't have to be mean or I don't know pointed I I think it's just finding like a middle ground to express how you feel but also kind of demolishing the idea that if you're not one thing you're like the complete opposite of it you know yeah like I think that's a really good point where like I'm always like the the funny friend and like sometimes when you don't feel like that it's like 
it's okay to just kind of be quiet or to yourself. Absolutely. You don't have to be like always upbeat, you know? Yeah. So, cause I feel like people, especially like women or girls, they always want us to be smiling. And I feel like that's like exhausting. That's and it's so exhausting true. mentally. And like women don't always have to be like smiling, you know? I agree. I totally agree with that. That's really so cool. it's like, that's just like my own thing. Uh, you know, two years ago, there was, I know your family went through a rough spot and I'm sure it was very socially difficult for you because you're very much in the public eye and have a lot of eyes on you. And um, I'm wondering if you can speak on maybe what that was like for you, you know, mentally, and then also what you learned from that experience. Yeah. Well, of course, I, I think like, I, it's so weird that I think back to it and it was two years ago, but I mean, I was 15. So I was 15 and dealing with something that was obviously incredibly traumatic. And me and my brother had no idea that it, about anything. So it was, it was definitely a, a really tough time and definitely, um, sent me to therapy, but in a very good way. Um, I kind of learned how to rely on my friends and, and find joy in the beautiful things and like the little beautiful things in life. Because for the longest time, I think I was really oblivious to the fact that there were so many amazing things going on in my life. And I was just so used to them happening. And I was so, I'm so privileged and so lucky to have all these amazing, beautiful things in my life. But when I was, um, like struggling mentally because of what happened. Right. I had to focus on the little things to make myself happy. And I had to really throw myself into like the things that I loved uh, to kind of counteract the sadness that I was feeling and, and really learn how to appreciate the little things in life, which I'm glad that I learned that lesson. And then on top of that, I kind of, the, the whole thing pushed me to become a lot more independent uh, in like my personal life just and in my work life, I wanted everything that I had to be my own. And so I, I really worked my ass off to take harder classes and write more screenplays and take more acting classes and do this and that because I, there was nothing, there's nothing wrong with pushing yourself super hard. I just had, I had been pushing myself hard, but I knew that I could push myself harder and in a healthy, good way that would make me kind of feel good about myself because that's kind of what I needed to find after going through the, the like that really hard time. I had to find ways to feel good about myself because I had the media and had people telling me that I didn't deserve the things that I had. And obviously hearing that as a 15 year old girl, while not like, while not being involved directly and, and not like being blamed for something that wasn't necessarily my, like a little fifth, like it, I just, I, I don't know how to say no. that. It, yeah, it wasn't your fault, wasn't Yeah, just because my brother and I had no idea. And so like I I I learned how to take control of my own life and do the things that kind of made me happy and made me feel good about myself. And I'm happy that I gained that independence because now I've I've worked really hard for everything that I've that I've created in the past like two years, whether it was like writing or just knowing that I was like going and taking classes and taking harder like academic classes like I, I know that I was studying as hard as I could and and creating as much as I could and I, that's kind of what got me through it like knowing that I was 
that I was pushing myself harder and creatively and kind of learning how to appreciate all the amazing, amazing things that life was handing me and, and that I was like grateful enough to have. So yeah, I don't know. It was definitely an interesting time in my life that taught me a lot of important, important lessons. And I just, I like, I'm just so sorry to anyone that it like hurt too, you know, like that was another thing that I was dealing with, like guilt coming out of a place that wasn't necessarily like I was guilty for something that wasn't my own, you know, but I mean, I don't think I'll ever not feel that way. Just like, I I think that's a normal emotion though, to feel, even though you were not, you were not guilty of, of anything. It's, I think it's normal to feel that way. I think anyone would. And I think just because like a lot of the time I was saying like, I want to use my platform for the, in the best way possible and use my voice as a incredibly privileged white girl. I want to use my platform to uplift people who don't have a voice as loud as mine and who don't have a, a platform as big as mine. Like I always wanted to use that platform to help people who don't have the privilege that I have. And it just felt like the total opposite of that. And and what I had been promoting even at 15, like I I knew that's what I wanted to promote. And it just felt like the total opposite. And I was like, I promise this is still who I am. And this is still who I want to be. And I've been, I think hopefully proving that and like doing, doing and promoting the things that I wanted to promote. But yeah, I, I just always wanted to give people who don't have the privilege that I have a voice and felt like I guilty because I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's normal. And I think, I think, yeah, I think it's normal that anyone would feel that way and that suddenly this shadow was on them that, that they didn't create. And so it kind of pushed you to be more independent. It sounds like you'd be more your, what you want it to be like separate from your family, like standing on your own two feet. And I think that's okay. I think every major needs to find that and learn how to do that. Mine was just a little bit, a little bit of a different experience. And and it's okay. And, and I'm happy that the experience is hopefully like coming to a close and has, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I just, I don't never want people to like feel bad for me because like, it's right. not like, I, I don't, I'm like, it's okay that it happened. And like, I mean, it's I, like, I'm okay. Like I'm not yeah. too scarred, you know, obviously I'm a little scarred, but like in the way that I've learned and grown from it. And I'm, and I'm grateful that I have grown from it, but yeah, I never, I don't want to like seem like I'm being like, Oh, pity me. Cause I was sad, you know, like, no, no, no. But I mean, it's, of course you're going to feel, I'm sure so many emotions with something like that happens. And, you know, it sounds like you found some positives though, that it pushed you in your career and with your work to even work harder and really want to sort of, it sounds like help, help you want to prove yourself even more. Yeah. Which is a really healthy way to um, react to something like that, I think. I also got introduced to a cool new form of therapy that my oh. therapist is a totally just like separate note, but yeah. I. What kind of therapy is it? So, yeah, I. She would put these things on like my temples and in my ears and it played like static noise. And it's a tool to get like help get rid of PTSD. And um, I is don't know. Is it the eye movement one? Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, no, no, no. It's like where you, it's where you trace through like your steps and you go through a memory. Um, like you go through a traumatic memory because I was having like, like the electric kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, I was having stimulation. Mm-hmm. I forget what, is it EMT? I forget what that's called. I don't, I totally don't remember what it's called, but it was. The, but tell the, us again, what, it, what does she have you do? 
So yeah, I was basically having like pretty bad PTSD dreams from like the morning that like the FBI came into my house. Like right, right, of course. Having like anyone would, I would probably yeah. It was definitely a scary. And I was like, I'm 15. I'm like 115 pounds. You don't need to point a gun at me. I'm not (laughs) gonna. Oh my god. Like I'm not gonna overtake you. Someone put a gun at you. Oh yeah. It was scary. Oh my God. It was a scary experience. But anyway, so my therapist, yes, I was having pretty bad PTSD dreams about it. And I was like, Hey, can you help me out with this? I'm not loving it. I'm not having a good night's sleep. And she was like, Lilia and did this thing and basically would have me like go, I took a couple of sessions, but I would like go through the memory and kind of like find a safe space. So like when I was feeling really nervous in the memory and like going through it, Mm -hmm. I I would always have a safe place to go to. So it tra- somehow it like trains your brain to have like a steady heartbeat when you're thinking about the memory so that it kind of counteracts like the actual like chemical reaction that PTSD causes. I am definitely not a psychologist. So if I'm explaining this poorly, that is why. Mm-hmm. I, felt- I, I understand what you're saying. But it was yeah. super helpful. And it was super helpful. And I was like, this is why I love therapy. How often did you have to do that, that, that kind of therapy? I did it for two months and then like the dreams were way, way, way less frequent. So like multiple times a week or you only have to go like once? Cause I would think you need multiple times. I went once a week for two months to do it. Okay. Okay. That's, cool. That's great. And that, that really helped you. Yeah. Is this the therapist you still see for other stuff or no? Yeah. She's the best. Oh, that's great. She's great. We'll have to find out the exact name of this therapy. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. It's like electrical stimulation, like, but that's great that at work because, you know, there's so many different types of therapies to help people with trauma and everyone's different. You know, like some things work for some people, some don't work for others, you know? Yeah. Well, I was so grateful that it, it, that it worked for me and that it helped me. That's awesome. These are our, I think we're at the, almost at the the end, but I want to ask you, there's always five questions we ask everybody. Okay. These are like all have to do with like mental health stuff. So you've answered this first one, but what do you do for a mental break? Read, read and take a bath. Read and take a bath. Okay. Um, when is the last time you cried? Oh my God. Like three days ago. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get into a college that I wanted to get into. Say it again. I said, I didn't get into a college I wanted to get into. So I cried. So you cried. Okay. Okay. What are you currently reading? Um, well, I just finished a book called The Good Girls that I really like. Um, What's that about? I feel like I've it, heard. It's really good. It's like kind of similar to Influence in that they have like three narrators, but basically a girl like gets murdered and it gets posted online. And then you kind of realize that the three girls who are narrating it are involved in the murder and like basically... It's like, they're all like, basically like cliche high school types. Like one of them's the head cheerleader. There's really great LGBT rep in it too. Um, one's like the head cheerleader, one's like the overachiever. And then the last one's like, the like burnout. So it's fun because like she kind of plays on the stereotypes and it's a super well-written. I loved it. Oh, great. Okay. What is the best and worst advice you've been given? Um, start with the best first because sometimes people give you really bad advice, but like you can be like, Oh, fuck you, I'm gonna do the opposite, you know, like it can have a sort of pivotal moment in your life. Um, my girlfriend gave me some good advice. 
Um, Cause obviously she's one of the people that I go to when I'm having problems and she just, she's always like, it's simple and like a good, but just an important thing to remember that like when you're looking at all these like problems in your life and that's the, like, you kind of just have this tunnel vision of only the problems, like look at all the amazing things like count. And she does it like very literally and is like, write down the positives and like write down the good things that you have right now and write down the things that you're happy about right now. And like when I was really anxious about finding out from this school, she was like, write the positives that will come out of you getting in and write the negatives that will come out of you getting in. So like, say you got in, like, that means you wouldn't be able to like take a year off and explore Europe with me. Like it would allow you to like have more chances if you, whatever. So like, she basically just makes me see and like makes me literally write out all the positive things that are going on. And that could come out of a situation when I'm feeling like I'm only looking at the negatives. And the worst advice that I've been given, sometimes, you know, when people will be like, well, people have it worse. And you're like, I know that, but that doesn't make my feelings not valid. Yeah. That's a very like ignorant thing to say, but people do say that all the time. And it's like, that doesn't mean that you're not upset. And yeah, like your feelings aren't valid. So like in a shoe is a pebble in a shoe and so it's like no matter how small your problem is like it's still a problem and it's still okay and valid to feel the way that you feel about something no I think that's important and it's good too your your girlfriend's basically like talking about like a gratitude practice which I think people find really helpful with (laughs) yeah with mental health and all of that and the last question is what Instagram account do you find uplifting oh wait I need to find it It, it's like a certain special name and I literally find it for you. Hold on, my friend. Yeah, because I feel like it's good to to tell people that because sometimes people get caught up in following people that it's like a downer. I totally agree. I feel I, crazy. Here, where? Oh, no. Okay, not this, not this. Oh, oh, it is this account. Okay, it's called Color Me Happy with it's okay. kind of like why it's I-I. And they just post, this is kind of what it looks like. And they just post like, you can't really see it. Sorry. But it, <laughs> it's like, they I feel just, like I've heard of it. Yeah, they post really uplifting, pretty, like super well-made. Like drawings? Yeah, drawings. So it's like right now it's like a little, one of those flowers that you like yes, blow. Yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's like to let go of. And it's like past mistakes, fear. And then it'll be like like self-care tips for today. Like right. it's just it's a great like holiday self stress, self-care, like forgive plans change like of perfection like say no be grateful be kind to yourself and others like it's just a really good reminder and like positive positive page that I really like right no that's good okay color me happy we'll have to add that to our uplifting ones on the website all right well thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode shouts out to Lilia Buckingham for joining me we are so thrilled that you could and um Lilia, where can our listeners find you? Can you tell us all your, you know, tags and blah, blah, blah? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and it's just at Lilia. So it's like L-I-L-I-A. And then I'm on Twitter, like Buckingham Lilia. And that's how you can find me. And where can we, I know your book comes out in January. So where can people get the, the book? It's, it's available everywhere. Barnes and Noble, Target, uh, independent booksellers. If you just look up influence, uh, Sarah Shepard, Lilia Buckingham, it will come up and you can get it from any of those. Super. Very exciting. Okay. That is all folks. Be sure to subscribe to Ben Better HBU and we can be found on Apple and Spotify and tune in next time.